When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. It's Friday, December 23rd. That's an important note because in this business, some radio shows like to play it fast and loose. I just made an appearance on Greenberg's show a few moments ago. Absolute disaster. <laughs> disaster of an appearance. Fecal matter was the topic of conversation. With you or just in general? On With the show. me. I choose okay. to brush my teeth in the bathroom over there in the... Uh, turnaround from radio to TV because I have like an hour or two and I need to move quickly. It's the this bathroom right here. Yeah. Okay. Now I know why fecal matter was discussed. Okay. So you you are also a, as a, opposed to the idea of doing that. If you, you work in TV, I have a quick turnaround. Yeah. If people were shocked, I was brushing my teeth. It was like you know, if you're in and out, you're fine. I wouldn't store my toothbrush there. No, I don't live so in there. So we're fine. It's not also my apartment. We're fine. Then. <laughs> then, then we're totally fine. I'm popping in. I'm it's handling It's not also it. my apartment. It's not also where I choose to live. This show doesn't play it fast and loose, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. You have a big weekend coming up. Therefore, we are here for you. He is Randy Scott. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Last night, The Los Angeles Rams, we'll start with this. Thank you for covering the four. Defeat the New Orleans Saints 30-22, to solidifying their case as a playoff team this year. If you go back to Sunday morning last week, the Rams were plus 135 to make the playoffs. That means they were an underdog, right? You wager $100, you win $135 if they make the playoffs. They go out and they handle Washington. They go out, they handle New Orleans. They are now minus 350 to make the playoffs. A huge favorite as a result of those two victories. Focal point for this game is the conversation around Matthew Stafford. Yeah. 34, 24 of 34, 328 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. If you're not looking at box scores and you're just watching him play, he looks fantastic. And he has no mobility. Like, <laughs> like there was a play, there was a play last night where he he seriously dropped it in the bark uh, in, into the bucket. Might have been to Demarcus Robinson. Might have been to Tutu Atwell. It wasn't to Puka. It wasn't to Cooper Cup. But when I say dropped it in the bucket, man, I mean he's getting pressured on three fronts. He does not move. He kind of changes his arm angle, gets it around a defender who's in his face, like a D, a D lineman. Yep. The the parabolic arc of this thing, goes, it goes <laughs> up and down, and it goes th- through the cornerback's arms into his receiver's arms. And the slot that he had to fit it in, the angle, all of it, like anticipation throws. Like, he does what he has to do. He's like, um, do you have a dog? You ever had a dog? Yes. Okay, you know those uh, uh, plastic... Um, Sort of like high ally things that you can use for the tennis balls. Rather than actually throw the ball yourself yes. for the dog to fetch, you now are placing it in a plastic device and high it. Yeah, that's a great way to describe that. Speaking, it does look like high Speaking of germs, right? Like you, 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 you keep the germs <laughs> off of your own hand. And you know how you can change your arm slot and you just turn into like oh, yeah. Maddox in 96 with this thing. Like you can just paint corners <laughs> and bend it and whatever. That's what Stafford is, man. Like his arm is the high ally dog tennis ball thrower. He is able to, by changing his arm slot, whatever veteran savvy, just drop passes into tightest of windows. Still has the arm strength as well. We saw it on the first touchdown pass to Puka. 
it's been incredible to see the the literal gray in his beard this year, and he is the straw that is stirring that drink offensively. And there are guys that are making massive money, like Puka's going to get a big contract, Kyron Williams is going to get paid, and it's because of what Matt Stafford's been able to do. He is making people like me look really foolish, and I kind of <laughs> love it because, you know, you go back to after the Super Bowl, you're thinking to yourself, you've achieved everything you've set out to achieve. you got a beautiful family. You, yeah. you've, you've rewritten the legacy from everything that happened in Detroit. You won the Super Bowl. Like, what's left? You got it all, man. You're a good guy. Yeah. Everyone who speaks of you speaks of you as a good guy. Like, why don't you walk away? It's like, nah, I'm going to come back for another year. And it's like, okay. And he comes back, and last year he's getting dinged up. It's a bad year for the Rams. It'll happen. And you're thinking, you know what, man? No one really wants to see a broken Stafford out there. Like, go ahead, right off into the sunset. Again, you got that beautiful family. You got the money. Nah, I'm coming back. And he's just balling. And I'm sitting here. I'm like, I'm glad I'm glad he shut me up. I'm glad guys like me get shut up by guys like that because it's worth it's worth it to see him play. What's He's been, that good? What's been cool? So we were going back to his 2009 draft class, and and you knew that this is sicko mode on your behalf. Yeah. I mean it as a compliment. Thank you. But you knew the quarterbacks in the 09 draft class, and you knew where they were drafted. I may have bet over unders on all of those back then. Okay, it, it's, it's the draft is a very very intense time of year for me. Okay, okay, so you knew you're like okay, so that's uh, he was in Mark Sanchez's draft, and Sanchez went fifth overall to the Jets, and uh, that third quarterback, Josh Freeman, Josh Freeman went to the Bucks at 17, and I'm like, what? Like how many? You know, I, I want to drop, I want to drop like a box of toothpicks and see if you can count how many. Do you have that draft are on the floor? Yeah, I got it right now. Robert Ayers was in that draft. That was a big one because he was a defensive end out yeah. of Tennessee. Yeah, and his draft position was very important there. He went 18. There's to some. Ve- uh, was that Noshan Moreno? Uh, they played so Stafford and Moreno played together at Georgia. Yeah, yeah. Moreno was 12th. Good lord, this is. I feel like I need a shower. This is gross. I feel like I need to comb my this hair back and call oh, myself Mel. But this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to go back. So, okay. <laughs> we don't want to get sidetracked with the 2009 draft. Well, but it, okay. But but if you go back to 2009, because that was before they essentially slotted draft picks, yeah. right? So Stafford made $72 million coming out. He had a six-year, $72 million deal oh. coming out. He re-ups three years, 53 in 2013, uh, and then... Five years, 135 with Detroit in 2017. So you talk about bites at the apple. Then he gets four years, 160 with the Rams in 2022. So his total earnings, if you're just, and again, you know, the agent fees and the contracts, whatever else, 295 plus 53 is uh, 348 plus 72 is, I mean, he's made $420 million in his career. You really wanted to get as close to the number as you could there. I did the best I could. This was not prices right. Like you're, I you're good. I did the best you I could. You did a nice job. So, I noticed you mentioned agent fees. You don't mention taxes. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't mention the taxes. <laughs> Going from Michigan so to look, California. He's got the agent fees. He probably has some travel included in there. And it's like there's the other big What's one. The per diem? There's a really big one that's hanging out there. As we go through all this, though, I mean, contract-wise, for it's sure. Incredible, man. But we were kicking this around this morning, the idea that everyone's talking about how well he's played. Mm. I mean, is. Do we have the Hall of Fame resume at this point? I think winning the Super Bowl, I think, makes it a not only a valid conversation, but probably a likely outcome. Like, not a first ballot guy. I don't know. I mean, prolifically, like, I don't wow. know necessarily where he ranks, uh, you know, all-time NFL passing numbers. You know, a lot of that's like that. skewed because this generation threw so much more than the older generation. Yeah. So a lot of times guys will say, well, look what Stafford threw for, and then look what Sid Luckman threw for. And it's like, well, you know, that's <laughs> things are a little bit different Sid, there in that comparison. Sid, Sid Luckman, I didn't think we get yeah. it. I think we get a Sid <laughs> Luckman in. reference in here. Pay but the under. Aaron Rodgers is the all-time, uh, in terms of active 
at 59,000 and Stafford's at 55,000. So right now, Matthew Stafford's 11th overall. One more season, he passes Eli Manning. He's uh, less than 2,000 yards away. That's incredible. So, Eli's going in. But 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 he, won, he, he got the Super Bowl. It was Adam Schefter, actually. Schefter's tweet last night was remarkable, um, talking about how in 2012, Calvin Johnson set the NFL single-season record receiving-wise, 1,964 receiving yards. Stafford was the quarterback. 2021, Cooper Cup breaks that record, 1947, excuse me, second most receiving yards in a single season. Quarterback is Matthew Stafford. And now Puka Nakua needs 147 more yards across the final two games to set the record for most receiving yards by a rookie. His quarterback is Matthew Stafford. Like, it's not just that Stafford himself has been a, if you want to say compiler or beneficiary of his passing happy era, but he has elevated those around him not only to Oh yeah, making good money, making good contracts, record-setting seasons. Yeah. He's responsible or behind three of them potentially. He has been a key part of a lot of that. He's Randy Scott. Yeah. I'm Joe Fortenball. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Be a part of Carlin versus Joe Nation on the Dr Pepper call in line. Triple eight, say ESPN. That's eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr Pepper. The ones fans deserve. You mentioned Puka Nakua, who's just having a remarkable remarkable season last night he gets nine targets or excuse me he gets 11 targets which means he was thrown to 11 times he catches nine of them for a buck 64 and a touchdown Sean McVay after the game starting to make the push for his rookie wide receiver to possibly win offensive rookie of the year He's outstanding. You know, I mean, I, I couldn't be more grateful for the contributions. And, I mean, what a freaking run on the jet sweep. Has a bunch of plays through the pass game. You guys have seen it week in and week out. You know, you talk about that balance. You can't have the balance if you don't have receivers that are willing to dig out support and do some of the things that he does. Um, you know, you see around the league, you know, Stroud's had a great year. But this guy is, uh, he would get my vote. Rookie fifth rounder. Through 15 games, he's caught 96 passes for 1,327 yards and five touchdowns. Do you think it's possible to close the gap and overtake Texans quarterback C.J. Stroud, who is going to be missing, if I'm not mistaken, has he already been ruled out for Sunday's game against Cleveland? He's he's unlikely to play? Unlikely to play. Unlikely to play. So he missed last week. Yeah. He could miss again this week. Does that open the door for Nakua? I think it does. Um, you could tell me what ESPN Bet has. Like, Plus you tell me- 6 which means a $100 wager returns $650 in profit. Six and a half to one. Okay, so here's what I... Mm, that's tasty. It, I, it, I don't know. It feels like that should be a little higher considering Stroud is minus 5,000. Minus 5,000? Which is basically telling you the race is over. Yeah. If the race is over, the guy in second shouldn't be plus 650. We can do a little bit better there, I would think. Why is the race over? I, You know, the Texans 8-6, and six, very much in the playoff discussion. I think one more win and their likelihood jumps up to like 60-some-odd percent. Um, and he's he's behind that. But what if he misses another game? Or or what if he gets shut down because they get essentially eliminated? They're trying Great to protect point. their quarterback. And Puka Nakua sets this record. Puka Nakua is one of the reasons. Because remember, Cooper Cup was out for so much of this season that you know the Rams didn't just tread water. They they thrived because of this rookie. Um, and I think with you know offensive player of the year, I think with uh, rookies of the year, uh, comeback player of the year, you're more likely 
to go beyond the quarterback position. Yes. You know, I, I feel like the MVP has essentially become the, the NFL's version of the Heisman. You know, it's it's going to go to the quarterback on the and best team. And then offensive player of the year is like the best non-quarterback. Because yes. how is yeah. it that you're the MVP, but you're not also the best offensive player? That's odd. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. odd. You're so valuable, but you're not the best offensive player. So, yeah, I could see Nakua overcoming Stroud. It doesn't, it, it is not a quarterback by default award the rookie of the year. So especially if Stroud misses a little bit more time and Nakua keeps doing what he's doing. Nakua's got the Giants next week. I don't know if you know anything about the Giants. Not exactly (laughs) the 85 Bears style of defense. You are one pathetic loser. (laughs) Speaking of breaking records, there's another wide receiver looking to get back on the field to continue his chase for history. And whether or not he makes it is going to have a massive impact on his team's game this weekend. That's next. He's Randy Scott. I'm Joe Fortenball. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Buckle up. I'm off next week, so I'm going to unload like nine of these today. And a few of them involve the college football semifinal and beyond. Two and two yesterday, we had a chance at really busting loose if Cooper Cup had a couple more receptions. But alas, overall still down 110, 120, and two down 21 units. So we've got to turn this around at some point. Maybe that'll be Jan 1. Maybe we'll start playing some long shots in golf. Who knows? Tonight, there's a bowl game. It's the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. It's tonight. It's on ESPN at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. We're going to play the over. Georgia Tech, Central Florida, over 66.5 points. Two very high-scoring offenses, right around 30 points per game. Two very highly suspect defenses in almost every regard. When you look at Georgia Tech, they are miserable trying to defend the run. Central Florida is one of the best rushing teams in the country. They're going to want to put it on the ground. I think we get points galore. This is going to be a fun game tonight on ESPN, 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Georgia Tech, Central Florida, over 66.5 points. ESPN Radio has you covered for bowl game action. Tune in tomorrow to the Camellia Bowl, followed by the famous Idaho Potato Bowl and the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl. Coverage begins at 11.30 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. 
Big matchups this weekend in the NFL. In Miami, Dolphins and Cowboys. Two teams that can win the Super Bowl. Two teams that bring the same Achilles heel to the table. Who's going to beat a good team? Together, I think they're 1-6 against teams that are above 500. If somebody were to call the Miami Dolphins fraudulent, I can't blame them. You got to be able to beat quality teams in order to have a legitimacy attached to you. Is this the same old Cowboys that we've come in and watched end up in the playoffs and down the stretch and not ready to get it done? Is this the proverbial loser leaves town match? (laughs) I love that. All the serious commentary followed by a very unserious comment at the end. Alongside Randy Scott, I'm Joe Fornball, Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Monster showdown between the Dolphins and the Cowboys on Sunday. Monster showdown. Can't wait for that game. Let's start with the business at hand. Here's Adam Schefter, ESPN NFL insider, on the latest regarding Miami Dolphins wide receiver Tyreek Hill. Well, he was back out there today. That's an encouraging sign for the Miami Dolphins in regards to his availability for Sunday's game after missing last week's game. Now, last week, he went out in pregame warm-ups and actually looked pretty good. He looked like a man who could play, but he just didn't feel like he was ready enough, even though you could see him making some cuts and making some receptions. The fact that he's back at practice today on Thursday for a big game against the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday bodes well for the fact that I think the sense is right now that he'll be out there on Sunday back to his usual spot trying to chase down that 2,000-yard receiving mark. All right. Thank you, Shefty. So I see it one of three ways. He either doesn't play, He does play and he's banged up, or he plays and he's not all that banged up and he has the potential to play very well. Start with this, Randolph. Uh, Any chance Miami, realistic chance Miami wins this game without Tyreek Hill? No. You don't think so? No. He's that valuable. He's he's that valuable not only for what he does with the football in his hands, in space. It's the attention that he commands from opposing defenses. And, you know, Ryan Clark... (laughs) We we joke around sometimes like you don't want to be the thing that's trending on social media. You don't want to be Twitter's main character for the day. No, you do not. Ryan doesn't care. Like he'll lean into that. And so one of the reasons that he's trending today is he said that he flat out full stop uh, that the Cowboys defensive scheme is not set up at all to properly address what Miami does offensively. But Miami's ceiling, you know, this is now me talking. Randy Scott has played zero downs of NFL football, <laughs> but but Miami's offensive ceiling is so much lower and their team speed is so impacted by Tyreek's absence. So without Tyreek, to me, they do not win this game. I still think Dallas goes in and wins because I think you can run on Miami and keep essentially play keep away. That's what the Bills did, did uh, uh, last week. Uh, but if you try to get in any sort of offensive shootout, if you go three and out offensively, you're setting them up for success. If they have Tyreek Hill. I mean, you saw what happened in the Tennessee game when Hill went down. That was the end of the offense. The offense just stopped. Now, you give them time to prep and game plan without him. Obviously, they'll find a way to score some points. Mike McDaniel does a very good job. And it's not like Dallas's defense is overly elite. If he plays in this game, you still like Dallas. I still like Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The the script is out there. And that's... A kind of the, the the fascinating angle that I'm I'm looking at from this game is did Buffalo expose how thoroughly did Buffalo expose Dallas? Is that the blueprint? Is it give it your give your running back who is a multi you know faceted guy like J- James Cook is a receiving threat. He's a running uh, th- threat to be sure. Do you give your running back 25 touches? Is that the way to do it? Is it averaging four point something uh four uh, close to five yards uh, a carry on the ground? Dallas can do that. They can if they mix in Rico Dowdle and and not just lean on Tony Pollard all day. So I think the blueprint is out there if if it is a blueprint, and I think we're going to get that answer. It, it's here's what's odd to me. 
and this is where I try to reconcile. Um, all week, working at a place like this, you, you're not only consuming everything we're putting out on TV and radio, you're running yeah. into all these people in the hallway. Like, I've talked to Orlovsky at least twice about this game and seen him on TV breaking it down nonstop. He does an excellent job of talking about Dallas's issues defending the run. Here's why other teams like Buffalo and San Francisco exploited him. And here's what further t- future teams are going to do to continue to have success against him. Mm-hmm. It's It's beautifully laid out it's articulate it makes sense it all lines up ryan clark will come out and say something smart as well lots of smart people saying smart things and then i look at the point spread i see miami minus one and i keep thinking to myself it feels so obvious that it's miami based on the way everyone's laying this out and yet i'm looking at vegas and i don't see it moving at all is that because so much money is going to come in on the cowboys regardless cowboys take money regardless yeah that's a good point that's a good point I, i think i think more so though I think the Cowboys have a chance at putting up a really big number in this game. I think that's so what I think it is. I'm looking at this total. I think this game has shootout written what's all the, over it. What's the total? What do you take a guess? Forty-eight and a half. That's not bad. Forty-nine and a half. Forty-nine and a half. Look okay. at you. That's high. Have you thought about moving to Vegas? No, no. Perhaps but working the weather, at the win. But the weather's <laughs> supposed to the weather's supposed to be better, right? I yeah. mean, like Dallas had to go into a monsoon in Buffalo. Yeah. And they got and they got. So I am to a certain extent willing to write off what the Bills did. Which sounds counterintuitive to, do we have a blueprint on beating Dallas? Well, one thing you want to do, you don't want to weight what you just saw too heavily. That's the most dangerous thing. That is what the amateur The recency bias. Exactly. The amateur looks at it and goes, Dallas looked like crap, therefore they're going to look like crap again. No, because that's how they build the spread, and a lot of times there's value going the other way, just flipping it around. And we don't even need to turn this into a gambling segment, but when we're talking about trying to figure out how this game's going to play, I'd be more inclined to look at that Miami defense. I was talking to Hembo about this earlier. It got really nerdy. I doubt anyone even understood what we were talking about. But that (laughs) Miami defense this year has played nine of their 14 games against teams that are bottom 10 in scoring. That's where they stack the stats. And then they go out and they play the good offenses. Five games against teams that are just simply not bottom 10 in scoring. Mm -hmm. And those five games, the opponents average 30 points per game. Like, you can put up a number. Dak and Dallas should put up a number on these guys. But how many of those, and I could go through and get my own answers, a couple of those were before Jalen Ramsey came back. Correct. Right? Very, like very important point. And I don't know that, okay, so last week, Dak did not throw a touchdown pass. He, he broke his streak of multi-touchdown pass games. But CeeDee Lamb still got in the end zone. That's that's what, what Mike McCarthy's doing a much better job of doing that, you know, uh, Kellen Moore didn't do last year in terms of the play calling. Okay, fine. Our, our quarterback's not having the best day. I still need the football in the hands of my playmaker. And they got CeeDee Lamb in the end zone on the ground. So I, I just say that to say, understanding against this, through this prism of, hey, let's not have a recency bias, let's not be amateurs here. But you, 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 you do see a willingness for the Cowboys to keep their playmakers involved. And I think that protects Lamb from being on Xavier Howard's island or on Jalen Ramsey's island. Yes. You know what I mean? I yeah. think I think they'll move guys around enough and give you enough to respect in the passing game. Like let's say I don't know what the what the pa- passing yard prop is for Dak. It's probably like sort of like 268, 269 something Look like at that. You just throwing around numbers. I'm I don't have it. it. I, might, I I would guess a little higher, but I will get that for you. Okay. Continue. But I think I would take the under because I think they t- I think they just run the ball. They they run to set up the pass as opposed to for so much of this season the other way around. 277 and a half. 277, what did I say? 268? Yeah. I was within 10. I was within 10. Randy Scott, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I was within 10. Catch him at Caesars Palace, Saturday night, 7.30. 7.30 show, completely different from the 9.30 show. There's a Super Bowl contender out there that's not playing in this game, feeling 
awfully disrespected by perhaps a certain thing that's happening in Vegas as well. Will that motivation translate to a shocking win? That's next. He's Randy Scott. I'm Joe Fornball. Carlin versus Joe. ESPN Radio in the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Cool evening here in Boca Raton. Thought about taking my shirt off. You gonna join me? Hey yo! Are you okay? Mm. I don't think anybody needs to see that. I'm fine. It just uh, threw up in my mouth a little bit. But if you've got enough money in your pocket, you know it'll happen. A little something. Glad those two were having a ball last night. Carlin's lucky he knows me. He came on the show. We didn't even need to ask him about the game. We told him flat out, take the three with South Florida. He immediately responded, "Can't do that. I'm on the call." So that's not my problem. That's yours. We're just kidding around. Randy's got Joe Fornball, Carla versus Joey ESPN Radio. You hear Winters report about Florida State? I'm going to steal a joke from a good friend of mine, Adam Kramer, Let's Kegs and Eggs on Twitter. I like Kegs and Eggs. Florida State going through a midlife crisis. You're going to see him driving <laughs> around in a yellow Corvette soon enough. It's, 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 well, look at them. They are completely unhinged right now. They, yeah. they miss out on the, the playoff. Now they're getting out of the ACC. They're filing lawsuits everywhere. Yeah. They are going through a midlife crisis. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's sad. They're going to get a bicep tattoo here soon. And I say that, <laughs> and I say that I've got two of them, but I got them when I was 39 oh, yeah. and 40. Yeah. I got you the know, cool tribal band. Oh, well, that's a 20s tattoo. You yeah. got that when you were in your 20s. It was, yeah, I was 19. Yeah. So I got, man, it was so cool. I got insides. What's that? Show it. Yeah. Don't mind if I do. I don't <laughs> oh, oh, that's. That's no. right, we're on. Uh, got, yeah, we're simulcast. Hold yeah. on, can we do this one? I don't um, know if the kids want to see this. But a lot anywho, of artillery, heavy artillery here. Anywho, yeah. Dude, what's our weapons policy on camp? I can't even <laughs> get my shirt. I can't even get my sweatshirt up. But but uh yeah, Florida State, like there it's one thing to be wronged. It's another thing to be so thoroughly wronged and go so thoroughly off yes. the deep end that you then make whoever wronged you sympathetic. Right. That's kind of what I'm worried about Florida State doing right now. Because I mean, they like, could sink I, they could sink this conference if they leave. It's, it's like, man, I really feel bad for the for the bowl committee and, and what they're yeah. having to go through. You know, their job's really hard. <laughs> rich, successful guys getting put up at the nicest resorts to sit in a room watching games and yeah. then do what we do at a much higher price point. All right, back to the National Football League. Miami and Dallas, that's the appetizer on Sunday. You're going to wake up Christmas morning. You're going to go through... Everything. Beautiful, wonderful day. And then at night, you're going to get Niners-Ravens. Right now, the Niners, five and a half, five-point favorite, depending on where you look against the Ravens, in a showdown that could very well be for the Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson taking the point spread into account and not happy about it. Take a listen. I want them to pick us. 
I like being the underdog. You know, um, I don't know. I like we. I believe we play better when we're doubted and we're not. You know, people not choosing us to win the game. I feel like we play better all the time. So just do it all the way to February. <laughs> That's all I ask. And then Kyle Hamilton, Ravens safety. Uh, similar sentiments. The 11 and threes are not created equal right now in terms of the 49ers versus us, and we feel a little disrespected by that. I feel like we are the best team in the league, and uh, we've got an opportunity in front of the country to show it. I love that. This is the standard underdog in the big matchup. Mm-hmm. We're being disrespected, the rallying cry. Harbaugh knows what he's doing. He's yeah. got him playing the same cards as always. Yeah, yeah. It's, this, is, this is fine. This is why there's longevity <laughs> and there's stability you know, there in Baltimore, and it's a rematch. I mean, that's what's incredible is, like, there really haven't been laughably down seasons in either San Francisco or uh, Baltimore since they were in the Super Bowl together in 2013. Like, they haven't, you know, necessarily been viable Super Bowl candidates, uh, but they haven't been laughing stocks either in that in that time frame. And well, don't of, forget about Jim Tom Sula at Chip Kelly. There was a little run in there in San Francisco. Didn't they still win, like, eight games, Chip Kelly? Or am, uh, I, or am Chip, I misremembering? Maybe. The Jim Tom Sula year didn't go very well. Jim Tom Sula, okay. But All that's right. okay. To your point, though, they've been stable. They, they been, have I don't sta- think I needed to get in there and nitpick they've that. Been sta- they've, they've, they've been stable. <laughs> so from a Baltimore perspective, though, the thing that— <laughs> The thing that's been a consistent for them this season is, I mean, it's injuries. And so I am not at all surprised that they're almost a full touchdown dog to go across the country without Mark Andrews, without Keith Mitchell, like Kevin Mitchell. Like, I've done that again. They, right. their, their running back room, I mean, Gus Edwards is, you know, one right now atop the depth chart, and they think so less, uh, so little of him that they've had to spell him with these other backs and with Lamar. I don't know. Like, are you a running team? Are you a passing team? Well, your main passing threat is out in Mark Andrews and has been. So you've set it up with the run, and now your best running back option's out. And oh, by the way, you go across and take the one seed in the NFC. So I don't know. Five and a half feels right. We have skewed to a point now with the Niners where we're starting to view them as gods. Like, there was a point during this season where they stumbled a little bit. Oh, yeah. And everyone, oh, Purdy's not very good, system quarterback, this team isn't good, they're broken, blah, blah, blah. We went through the whole thing. It really just kind of turned out they were injured, and then they got healthy, and then they started winning games. It wasn't like there was an underlying conspiracy there. It was very obvious. So now they're freight training everybody, and we're at a point now where we think no one can touch them. You're only as good as your last game. This isn't to say the Niners lose this game, but Lamar Jackson has an incredible opportunity in front of him here. And this is a big game for the Ravens in terms of if you are going to lose, you need to at least be competitive because there's a damn good chance you end up seeing these guys again in Las Vegas at the beginning of February. Yeah. And you don't want to roll into that game with the memory of having been rolled by 30 on their turf a couple months prior. As it stood when the uh, Sports and Information Group put out their NFL Week 16 uh, info packet. So I, I don't know how it could have changed, a, you know, a minuscule amount in the past couple of days. But San Francisco plus two twenty five to the win, Super Bowl to win the Super Bowl, according to uh, ESPN bet. And then Baltimore is the next uh, lowest favorite at plus five fifty. Two hundred so, and plus five fifty. Niners actually just two to one now. Two hundred. Two to one. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't take. That. So so you say all that to say these are. You know, the two best teams in their respective conferences meeting in a regular season, that in its own right is rare. But there are things on the table right now. Lamar can, with 23 passing yards, he can he can have a single-season uh, career best for him. Um, you know, he can run it to 20 and 1. Do you, what do you, you know, for for the longest time, you looked at primetime games and the quarterback that you wanted to pick against was Kirk Cousins. Yeah. For Lamar, it's the exact opposite of that. 
not only does he win games, he is the reason that they win. On Monday Night Football, he has an 85.5 total QBR, highest of any quarterback since QBR was introduced in 2006. He's Mr. Monday Night? He's Mr. Monday Night. So now you got to go across the country and face, though, Javarius Ward and face Boston. Like, you face these this, you know, gauntlet defensively that, quite frankly, even the AFC North doesn't have this year. So I think that's part of it, too, is we don't necessarily know how good Baltimore is. We just know that they've beaten the teams that they're supposed to beat right now. Lamar's got to have a big game. He doesn't have to win it. If he doesn't win it, it's not the end of the world. He's got to have a big game. He's paid now. It's different. Yeah. He's paid now. There's no more of this, well, it's the rookie contract, well, it's the franchise tag, well, when are they going to pay? They paid him. They've paid him to win these games. He's 1-3 in three in the postseason in his career. Like This is the year where he's got to elevate the next step. He's done the most important thing, which is stay healthy. Which is just incredible because normally yeah. that's a big problem. He has stayed healthy. He's got the contract. This is the year you got to deliver. He stayed healthy even as he's led the Ravens outright in rushing yes. six times this season. Where does he rank to you in NFL MVP hierarchy? He's sitting there in the top five for yeah. sure. I wonder if I put him top three. I think this game with a win obviously vaults him to a spot where you could start talking about whether or not he's the favorite. Problem for him is he's got an MVP year and his numbers are like woefully below what they were that MVP year. He threw for like 36 touchdowns that year. He only has 17 this year. The passing number, the passing yardage is better this yeah. year though. He was passing he, yardage is better. He yeah. was he was put in uh, advantageous spots that year. I think there were a couple touch passes, a couple sort of like jet sweep touch passes that really were designed handoffs, but they counted as as passing touchdowns that year in that MVP year. And I think we're far enough removed from the MVP year to where he's not competing against himself in that year. Like we, like we talk about with like back-to-back opportunities. But that's that's the game within the game here is Purdy against Lamar and who maybe distances himself in the MVP. Purdy wins this game and plays well. Yeah. He's going to put a lot of length between he and the rest of the field. And then the question will just be between he and McCaffrey. Turns out we got a little breaking news out of the National Football League. Breaking, breaking news? <laughs> The Atlanta Falcons (laughs) have been fined $75,000, and head coach Arthur Smith has been fined $25,000 for violating the NFL injury report policy prior to the club's Week 7 game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers per the league. If you remember, that was the game where, if I'm not mistaken, gentlemen, B. John Robinson, the running back, was sick, but they didn't put him on the injury report, and then during the game, they just didn't give him the ball at all. And all of us who bet props or started him in fantasy or yeah. did anything were just left holding the bag. Is that do I have that right? That was that I believe that's correct. I mean that was that not was the to be only... confused with the other games where Arthur Smith has not given the ball to any of his stars and they've all been wildly healthy. Not to be confused with those games. That guy, I'll tell you. It's it's been mad. Yeah, it was October twenty fifth. Ferrari. Here's a Lamborghini. Here is a Maybach. Is that even how it's pronounced? Yeah. I'll go ahead and I'll take the Prius. I want to go nice and slow today and I want to be environmentally friendly. And you know what? There's nothing wrong yeah. with being environmentally friendly, but we're in the business of winning here. He Arthur. played he played 11 snaps and it was uh it was against the Bucks October 25th. Uh one touch and after the game Arthur Smith blew off the concerns saying Drama sells. Yeah. People were giving a hard time, you know, asking these questions. He's like, like, whatever, drama sells. Now, $75,000 as a team fine. He got hit for twenty five. That's nothing. Yeah. Well, yeah. The team. It's. I mean, less. Arthur Blank has that in one of those Home Depot buckets. You know, one of those orange buckets. He just has in his office. It's just like out in the mailbox. Oh, I it's forgot like, I left the seventy five k in my mailbox take last year. From the fine bucket. <laughs> Your first place team in the ESPN Radio Pick'em Challenge. I. I think you know who that is. And they're making their picks next. Carlin versus Joe. Randy Scott. Joe Fornball. ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. 
Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. We got a lot of them for you today. We told you we're going to get you all set. We got the over 66 and a half tonight between Georgia Tech and Central Florida. Two more bowl games for you. The SRS Distribution Bowl, Saturday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, ABC, ESPN. Northwestern in Utah. Going to take Northwestern plus the six and a half. Yeah, you are. Northwestern motivated. Motivated. (laughs) They had a good season. Motivation is very big with bowl season. I think they want to top it off nicely. Utah plays for Pac-12 championships and major bowl games. This season was a disaster. Cam Rising was never able to come back. Everything fell apart. I don't think Utah wants to be here at all. Line opened around nine. Now it's down to six and a half. Northwestern plus six and a half. In addition, the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl, Saturday, 10.30 p.m. Eastern, ESPN. We're going to take Coastal Carolina plus the 10 over San Jose State. I don't think San Jose State wants to be here. They were just in Hawaii playing Hawaii a few weeks ago. So I don't think they care about this trip at all. On top of that, they feel they were snubbed for the Mountain West Championship game. So I think they might be bitter and ready to pack it in. Coastal Carolina is going to go with the backup quarterback in this game through the transfer portal. Kid can run. And you can run on San Jose State. And if you can run the ball and control the tempo, getting 10 points is a good spot to be in. So Pizza Money's 2-3, and three, Northwestern plus 6.5 over Utah, Coastal Carolina plus 10 over San Jose State. This is a challenge. Challenge. This is ESPN Radio's Pick'em Challenge. We're talking magic numbers around these parts. Yeah, we're not kidding around. We're talking magic numbers. So here's the situation. Carlin versus Joe, the very fine program you're listening to right now alongside Randy Scott. 31-13-2. This isn't straight up. This is against the spread. 31-13-2. We have a five-game lead over Frederick Coleman and Harrison Douglas. They're sitting back there at 26-18-2, followed by Unsportsmanlike, followed by Game Night, followed by Amber and Ian, who are getting close. They're almost back to 500. And then Greeny, 17-27-2, bringing up the rear. From what we understand, he's outsourcing the picks. Controversial week here. Controversial because Carlin is out. So he has a classic scenario where if I pick winners, he globs on like a barnacle to the bottom of a cruise ship. If I pick losers, he blames me. This is something we've been doing all year. So, Randolph, because you're here with me, I'm going to run my picks by you. You tell me what you think. Ready? Okay. All right. Do you guys have sounders for each individual game? Probably should have cleared this. Cardi, give me game number one. Bengals at Steelers. All right. Bengals minus two at the Steelers. This is where we have to think about gamesmanship. I have liked the Steelers all week. And I would still play the Steelers because they're plus three. But they're plus three, the key number of three. The Pick'em contest is going with two. And if I see it go to three and I understand the market's going to go the other way, boom, I got to take advantage of the good pricing. So this is going to be simply Bengals minus the two because the rest of the market is three. I know that that doesn't sound appealing to anyone listening, <laughs> but when I see the number move and we're still dealing stale lines, that's how I play it. Okay, if you if you have a, a lean, then this is more the actually this is more like an analytical yeah. adjustment. I'll I'll go with you on that. That's all it is. Yeah, I, I could see an argument for Pittsburgh, but it's only because of Jamar Chase being out, and I think Jake Browning showed that he can move the football enough because Chase was out for a good chunk of the second half last week, so. Although you say not to look at last week and get too no, you want to use some of that. Like Jake Browning as a as a underdog is one thing. Jake Browning as a home favorite is one thing. Now we're talking about Jake Jake Browning as a road favorite. We're laying points. Yeah, yeah. Steelers a little dysfunctional though. But because the number has moved two three, we will play the Cincinnati Bengals. Cardi, give me game number two. Lions at Vikings. 
Another situation where we're going to take advantage of a stale line. Lions are three and a half here as favorites at the Vikings. We will take the Vikings plus the points. This has moved to three, so it's now onto the key number. We get the hook for free. The Lions looked very good last week against Denver. We knew the bottom was going to fall off at Denver at some point. They were very lucky with field position. They were very lucky with turnovers. They didn't have any of that last week, and they got run out of the building. Now everyone thinks the Big Bad Lions are back. They still struggle defensively. It's a divisional opponent fighting for their playoff life. The game is in Minnesota. I will take the three and a half with the Vikings. I will lay the points. You will lay. The Lions. Who, who's the Vikings quarterback? I week? believe we're going with Nick Mullins. It's going to stay Nick Mullins. Who threw not... one of the worst interceptions in the history of the world last week. It wasn't great. It Just wasn't it great. Right in the was, guy's belly. It was Neil O'Donnell to Larry Brown in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was not. It was not awesome. I'm going to lay the points now. Jared Goff is a, his home road splits are comical. They're they're truly terrible. But it's a domed game. Uh, it's a fast track for a fast Lions offense, and I just don't know that Nick Mullins will be able to hang with Detroit. Um, offensively, I quite frankly. So I, I would lay, I'll lay the points. Okay, Randolph and I on the opposite is, sides here. Yeah. Let's score that at home. We'll be able to revisit at some point next week. Cardi, game number three. Cowboys at Dolphins. I think we all know where I stand on this one. I don't even want the point. I'll take the Cowboys on the money line. But alas, I will take the point. Yes. Because that's how business works around these parts. I don't trust the Miami defense. Like I've said, I've seen him play 14 games this year, nine of which have come against teams that rank in the bottom 10 in scoring. Congratulations, you beat up on those teams. In the other five games, you're giving up an average of 30 points per game. I think Dak and the Cowboys hang a big number here. It's not going to shock me if I'm wrong on this one, though, Randy. <laughs> what would you do? Well, it's just essentially a pick I, I'm yeah. going with the Cowboys as well. Okay. Uh, even if Tyreek plays, um, I'm going to go with Dallas. I don't know... I don't know that it's going to be as big a number. You said the over under 49 and a half? 49 and a half. That's, I like the over there. Yeah, okay. I was going to say. I think the teams are going to put some points up in this game. I think, I think both defenses are gettable. I think Dallas is smart if they shorten the game and limit the number of overall possessions. So that, to me, feels like an under, but... At the same time, these are, uh, uh, what's it, immovable object? No, no. Um, unstoppable force. Well, unstoppable force against a very movable object. <laughs> and that's, uh, de- like, de- defensively, I-, I see that as well. Very nicely done. Okay, Dallas. so to recap, gentlemen, we are taking this week the official plays. Cowboys minus one over the Dolphins. Vikings plus three and a half over the Lions. Cincinnati minus two over the Steelers. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Japanese star pitcher Yoshinobu Yamamoto in agreement with the Dodgers. What the Dodgers have gotten, quite simply, is probably one of the 10 best pitchers in the world. And it cost them $325 million to do it. Yeah, so here we go. Uh, The Dodgers have now spent over a billion dollars, although I don't think they have to pay any of it for the next couple hundred years. Some sort of weirdo loophole sort of situation for over a billion dollars on first Shohei Otani for 700 million. And then Japanese prospect Yoshinobu Yamamoto, 12 years, $325 million. Yeah. Los Angeles will pay an additional 50.6 million as a posting fee Mm -hmm. to Yamamoto's previous team, the Oryx Buffaloes, which pushed their free agency spending to more than $1 billion. I mean, 
what are we doing here? So they needed so you bring in Otani as a bat because remember he's coming off of the Tommy John. <sighs> so you need pitching. So you get Tyler Glass now from the Rays, right? And now you get Yamamoto uh, from from Japan. Yamamoto's just twenty five years old. A lot of innings on his arm, but still just twenty five years old. Do you know anything still, about him? Is he that nasty? It's, according to the Passons and the Olneys, like he was the best available pitcher on the market. Uh, including this, uh, MLB. This offseason, including MLB. Okay. Largest contract, longest contract ever for your, for a big league pure pitcher. I mean, 12 years. 12 years, but that only it puts him at 37. Like, if you're going to give somebody a 12-year contract, he better be on the right side These of 26. These are serious commitments we're 25. making in Major League Baseball now. Yeah, but, but you, I mean, the impact, too, that they're going to get, I mean, financially with uh, Japanese fandom is oh, tremendous. Huge, tremendous. Huge. Uh, remember Tom Selleck? When he went overseas, Mr. Baseball, Mr. Baseball, Let's go. yeah, uh, it's not World Series or bust; it's World Series or joke. You you have to win. You have to win. Uh, Randolph Scott, Joseph Fortinball, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.